Well, good evening. It is good to have all of you with us tonight. We are glad that you are here. Our lesson for tonight, we are continuing our walk through the Bible, our journey through the Bible, and tonight we're going to be looking at the book of Leviticus. We're not going to look at all of the book of Leviticus. Um, we'll look at about half of, of what this lesson could be, and then we'll look at the other half next week, Lord willing. But as we begin our study of the book of Leviticus, it's good for us to understand what it really means, what its purpose is. The book of Leviticus is so titled because it pertains to the Levites. And we certainly understand, I think most of us, uh, those that have been raised in the church, we, we understand at least a little bit about the Levites and who they were and what they did. We know that only the Levites could serve as priests, and Leviticus contains instructions to them from God regarding their worship, purification, holiness, and redemption. Now, as we have been going through our study, we have been looking at, at the, the different books. We've looked at Genesis, and Genesis is a record of man's sin and condemnation because of his sin. Uh, that's the, the overlying theme of Genesis. In Exodus, the Israelites are led out of Egypt and brought to Sinai, hence the word Exodus, um, a, a sign of, of exit for them. They were exiting the land of Egypt. And so as they are led out of bondage, we, we come into to what we have now. We have been looking at the law extensively over the last couple of weeks. We've looked at the Ten Commandments and what they mean to us as well. Uh, not just what they meant to the people then, but even looking at how those commandments are reinstated in the New Testament with the exception of one. Uh, we find that, that they, they do pertain to us as well and are summed up in loving God and loving man as self. And now we come to the book of Leviticus, and, and here we can find out how fallen man can have fellowship and communion with the holy God, going back to the, the book of Genesis. And one of the things that we talked about a little bit this, this morning, and over the last few weeks, we've talked about how sin comes between us and God. Because of man's sin... He was banished from the Garden of Eden. We see the punishment of Adam and Eve and the things that they went through following their great sin against God. They were living a, a life of, of basically imperfection. And yet because of sin, it, it drove a wedge between them and God. God doesn't allow it to separate us completely though. God still wants to have something to do with us. He still wants to, to be a part of our lives. And so as we look at the book of Leviticus and as we look at that in relation to the law that was given, this is all given in such a way that we can have a relationship with God. Even going back to the Old Testament, this was a way that the people of Israel could have a relationship with God. They could have fellowship they could have communion with Him. 
couple of the key words of the book of Leviticus, holiness and blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no redemption, there is no remission of sins. According to Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, I know that's a a verse that has come up in our studies a, a lot recently. And as we look at the book of Leviticus, we find that very thing. We find the shedding of blood. We see the necessity of sacrifice. And and of course, in relation to Christ, whenever we put all of this together, it's hard for us to really have an understanding of Christ and, and the need for His sacrifice if we don't have an understanding of the need for the sacrifices of the Old Testament because those things go hand in hand. You see, the sacrifices of the Old Testament would be pretty well worthless without the sacrifice of Christ that was to come. If He was not going to shed His blood for the redemption of man, for the remission of His sins, then these sacrifices would have been in vain. But as they offered these sacrifices in obedience to the laws of God and to the commands of God, they are covered by the blood of Christ. And so we see the the necessity of sacrifice through the book of Leviticus. There's one verse in the book of Leviticus that that can pretty well be be used to sum up the entire book. In Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26, Leviticus 20 and verse 26, And you shall be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. This was a way of separating God's people from the rest of the world, in a sense. They were to offer these sacrifices. They were to cleanse themselves, to purify themselves. And in so doing, they separated themselves from the world. These people were His people. Not just any people, but they belonged to God. God wanted His people to be different. And we'll see that that applies to us today. Just a brief outline of of the book as far as the chapters and what they cover. We first find the offerings in chapters 1 through 7. Then we find the priesthood in chapters 8 through 10. The clean and the unclean, chapters 11 through 15. The atonement, chapter 16. And Holy Days, chapters 17 through 27. And we'll only look at the first couple of these tonight. We'll look at the offerings and a little bit of the priesthood. And then we'll save the rest of the lesson for next week. Again, Lord willing. But we begin with chapters 1 through 7. And if you would like to turn there, we'll pick up a few of the verses here and, and see what we can learn from them. But as we look at chapters 1 through 7, again, here we find the offerings that were to be offered to God. There were different types of offerings. And the different types of offerings were to be offered in such a way 
as God had commanded the people. We begin in chapter 1. We begin in chapter 1 with the burnt offering. And we're just going to look at, at some of the specifications. Again, we're not going to go into great detail as to how these sacrifices were to be made, but we will notice some of the highlights and, and move on. But in Leviticus chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, Leviticus 1 and verse 3, here we find the way that these sacrifices were to be made, the types of sacrifices that were to be offered. A, a sacrifice, a, a burnt offering, must be a male, a domesticated animal, a sheep, goat, cattle, turtle dove, pigeon, uh, those things are, are what we're looking at. In Leviticus chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, if his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. Let's skip down to verse 10. If his offering is of the flocks, of the sheep, or of the goats, as a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring a male without blemish. And verse 14. And if the burnt, off, or burnt sacrifice of his offering to the Lord is of birds, then he shall bring his offering of turtle doves or young pigeons. So we see the, the types of animals that were to be used. One thing that is of note here is what was not to be used. Wild animals, for instance, would not have been acceptable in the sight of God. And probably because, really, if we, we think about it, what kind of sacrifice would that be? You know, they weren't making a sacrifice of something that they owned, something that, that they kept among them. And it really wouldn't be defined as a sacrifice for that reason. So it was to be something that they owned. It was to be something that was the best of what they owned. The best of what they had that they could offer unto God. And in this case, in the burnt offering, the entire animal was to be sacrificed. The worshiper had some responsibility in bringing the sacrifice to the Levites, but most of what was done in regard to the sacrifice was handled by the Levites. The Levitical priests were to handle much of what was to take place themselves, offering the animal on behalf of the worshiper. And we read a little bit about that as we look at verses 5 through 9. In Leviticus 1, verses 5 through 9, He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar that is by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And he shall skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall put fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the fire. Then the priests, Aaron's sons, shall lay the parts, the head, and the fat in order on the wood that is on the fire upon the altar. 
but he shall wash its entrails and its legs with water, and the priest shall burn all on the altar as a burnt sacrifice, an offering made by fire, a sweet aroma to the Lord. And there are other specifications that go along uh, with the other types of animals, uh, but we won't take the time to read all of them. But we see here that, that the, the sons of Aaron, the Levites, they had a great responsibility in offering these sacrifices before the Lord. They were, were almost a, a mediator between the people and the Lord. Uh, average people, uh, average Israelites were not allowed to enter into to the tabernacle in such a way as to offer these sacrifices. And so the priests had the responsibility of doing uh, a great deal of, the, of this for them. And so this would be for all sacrifices. The Levites were responsible for knowing God's will and performing it. There's a, a lot to be remembered as far as the, just looking at the, the entirety of the book of Leviticus, for instance. There's a lot to be remembered. But the Levites had the responsibility of knowing the law. They were leaders for the people. They would would help them to offer these sacrifices um, in a way that, that, that the people probably wouldn't have remembered or, or wouldn't have paid as much attention to. But that was their responsibility. Now, as we look at these sacrifices, we might ask the question, are we to offer sacrifices today? Obviously, we don't offer the animal sacrifices that were offered in this day and time. We do not have priests that, that will step before us and, and will we'll offer those sacrifices on our behalf, on, on behalf of our sins. We don't have to take uh, the, the firstborn of our animals or, or our first fruits and things of that nature as is specified in the book of Leviticus. And so some might even ask, well, what purpose does the book of Leviticus serve for us? It's a book for our learning. We learn from the sacrifices. We learn from what the people were to do. And we learn that, that we need also to be holy before God. Are we to offer sacrifices today? Not sacrifices of the same nature that the people of Israel were to offer in the Old Testament. But there are sacrifices that we should make. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Like the sacrifices of Leviticus, our sacrifices must be the very best of what we can offer to God. But instead of offering animals, today we are to offer of ourselves. It, we are referred to in different places throughout the New Testament as a royal priesthood. Um, but we are a priesthood. We do serve as a priesthood before God. Except instead of having to take our sacrifices 
to someone and, and have them offer those sacrifices for us, now we can personally come into the presence of God and offer our sacrifices to Him. They're not sacrifices of animals or of food or, or anything like that. But the sacrifices that we are to make today are again sacrifices of self. We are to offer of ourselves unto God. So we are able to come into the presence of God on our own behalf. And we come together on the first day of the week and we offer a sacrifice of praise unto God based on the authority of the New Testament. We do the things that are listed in the authority of the New Testament. We sing. We pray. We have some kind of a lesson. We study the Word of God together. We come together on the first day of the week and we break bread as they did in the first century according to Acts 20 and verse 7. And we give of our means on the first day of the week as Paul commissioned the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We are to do that. We are to do that every week. And not only do we offer sacrifices of ourselves on the first day of the week, but we also sacrifice of ourselves throughout our lives. Every day, each and every day that we live, we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. We go back to uh, the, the key verse of Leviticus. In Leviticus 20 and verse 26, And you shall be holy to me, for I the Lord am holy, and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. Holy basically means that, that we are separated. We are different. We are not to be the same as the world. We are not to be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. But as we look at the sacrifices of the people of Israel, they were to be holy. They were to be separated from the world and as we look at our own sacrifices today, we too are to be separated from the world. We are to be different. We are to stand in a, a different way. We are to walk in a different way. We are to act in a different way. We are to talk in a different way. But we are to be different. And we are to offer every bit of ourselves unto God. He doesn't ask for, for some of us, for half of us, but he asks for all of us. All of our spiritual being is to be offered unto God. As well as our physical being. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. As we live, we are to be a living sacrifice unto God. Separated from the world, holy and acceptable unto him. So are we to offer sacrifices today? Yes. Not the same sacrifices as were offered in the book of Leviticus. But yes, we do offer sacrifices of ourselves each and every day of our lives. We look at other sacrifices as well, such as the meal or the grain offering of chapter 2. 
The King James uses the word meat, uh, but I, I believe most scholars agree that, that as we look at, at what the sacrifice was, that, that the words meal or grain would, would fit better than meat. Um, meat was used in a general general way in, in the Old English, um, but as you look at, at the newer translations, most translate them as meal or grain. Notice here that no blood was involved in this sacrifice. No blood was involved in this sacrifice. It was a, a unique sacrifice in that way. But there were three ways in which this offering could be prepared. Number one, in the oven. Number two, on a flat pan. And number three, in, in a sort of frying pan, in a covered pan. As we look at Leviticus chapter 2, we look at verses 4 through 7. Leviticus 2 and beginning with verse 4. And if you bring as an offering a grain offering baked in the oven, it shall be unleavened cakes, of fine flour mixed with oil, or unleavened waters, or wafers anointed with oil. But if your offering is a grain offering baked in a pan, it shall be of fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your offering is a grain offering baked in a, in a covered pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. So again, there are three ways in which these offerings could be made. And there were two things that could not be used in this offering. Leaven and honey. Leaven and honey. In Leviticus chapter 2, we look at verses 11 and 12. No grain offering which you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. For you shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering to the Lord made by fire. As for the offering of the first fruits, you shall offer them to the Lord, but they shall not be burned on the altar for a sweet aroma. So there is a, a particular way in which these were to be offered, uh, particular specifications that were made in what was to be offered, but leaven and honey were not to be used in these sacrifices. They were to be of their first fruits. As we look at chapter 2, verse 14. And so we, we find that these were to be special to them. They were to be something that, that comes from them. In chapter 3, we read of the peace offering. The procedure of the peace offering was the same as for the burnt offering, with one exception. Only the fat was to be burned. In Leviticus chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. Leviticus chapter 3, beginning with verse 2. And he shall lay his hand on the head of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And Aaron's sons, the priests, shall sprinkle the blood all around on the altar. Then he shall offer from the sacrifice of the peace offering an offering made by fire to the Lord. The fat that covers the entrails and all the fat that is on the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them by the flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys he shall remove 
And Aaron's sons shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice which is on the wood that is on the fire as an offering made by fire a sweet aroma to the Lord. And the rest was to be eaten by the priests and the worshiper that brought them. This offering implies fellowship with God as the worshiper was allowed to partake in the sacrifice. And so there was fellowship with the worshiper and with God. In chapters 4 and 5 we read of the sin offering. There were three types of, of sin that required a sin offering. And we find those in Leviticus chapter 5 and beginning with verse 1. Leviticus chapter 5 verses 1 through 5. If a person sins in the hearing the utterance or in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness whether he has seen or known of the matter if he does not tell it he bears guilt verse 2 or if a person touches any unclean thing whether it is the carcass of an unclean beast or the carcass of unclean livestock, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and he is unaware of it, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, whatever uncleanness with which a man may be defiled, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty. Or if a person swears, speaking thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatever it is that a man may pronounce by an oath, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty in any of these matters. And it shall be, when he is guilty in any of these matters, that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. Refusing to disclose information or facts as a witness. Coming in contact with an unclean thing. Or making an evil promise or promising to do good and failing to do it. These are the sins that required a sin offering. This sacrifice could be of two turtle doves or two pigeons. As according to chapter 5 and verse 7. And if this was more than he could offer, the equivalent of seven pints of fine flour would suffice, as according to chapter 5 and verse 11. In chapters 5 and 6 we read of the trespass offering, which is closely related to the sin offering. But here the worshiper had to make restitution to those he had wronged. And that was important that they do that. And even today, if we know that there is something that we can do as restitution for some kind of wrong that we have committed against another, then God wants us to do that. And that gets us through the offerings. We'll look at one more thing and then the lesson will be yours. Look briefly at the priesthood. And we're not going to go into great detail with the priesthood. We may, we may do so 
later on. But as we look at chapters 8 through 10, we find specifications of the priesthood and some of the things that they were to do. These chapters are a follow-up to the instructions of Exodus 29. Here we find that the people assembled in the tabernacle, that Aaron and his sons were washed, robed, and anointed with oil. There was a way in which they were uh, to present themselves unto the people as well as unto God. Sacrifices were offered. Those things were important. But there is something else of note that I want us to look at in Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 11. You see, the priests were not only responsible for offering the sacrifices on behalf of the people and on behalf of themselves, but they were responsible for something else. Remember that we mentioned earlier in our lesson that they were responsible for knowing the law. They had to know the specifications of God's commands and what He wanted of His people. They were to serve as leaders before the people. They were to lead them in the right direction. And so as we look at Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 11, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. That you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. They were to lead the people and they were to teach them what God wanted of them. To teach them the things that Moses had commanded them. They were to share these with the people. We're, we're told in different places. Uh, we mentioned Deuteronomy chapter 8 this morning where God told His people to, to keep His commandments, to remember Him always. They were to share these things with their children and each generation following. They were to continue to teach these things. As the law is given, the, the Levites had a responsibility in teaching the children of Israel the statutes of the Lord. And the children of Israel had a responsibility to follow in the statutes of the Lord. To offer sacrifices of the right kind, uh, of the right place, uh, coming from themselves, not of wild animals. Uh, they were to offer first fruits. All of these things that they were to offer, the Levites were to teach them. And they were to continue in the statutes of the Lord. And even today, leaders of the church have a responsibility similar to that of the, Le the Levites in that we are to teach God's spiritual Israel the commandments of the Lord and what they need to do in following Him. And we'll stop there and we'll pick up with the next point next week, Lord willing. As we look at the theme of the book of Leviticus, again we find holiness. That God's people were to be separated from the world, they were to be different. And today, we are to be different as well. We are not to allow ourselves to, 
to be enticed by the world, to fall into the temptations of the devil. We are to overcome. We are to overcome. And as we overcome, as we are found faithful, God will reward us. But maybe it is that you've not become a Christian. Maybe it is that you need to come back to Him and, and repurpose your life in His service. We know the commands of God, that we repent, that we confess, that we are baptized for the remission of sins. But even so, that does not make us a Christian. Even in doing those things, that does not make us faithful unto God. And so if you've wandered away, if you need to come back, then, then we would certainly urge you to do so. But as we always do, we offer the Lord's invitation to you. If you're in need of, of responding publicly, if we can help you in any way, then we give you that opportunity as together we stand and as we sing.